Alrighty, everybody. Good afternoon, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, wrapping up the NFC North, and we'll be doing that with Wiz and the Minnesota Vikings. And I'll tell you, Wiz, uh, you know, a lot of criticism over the years, that big contract that Kirk Cousins got a few years ago. But yeah, I'll tell you what, Wiz, if I told you that in the last three years, the quarterback with the second highest percentage completions in the NFL outside of Drew Brees was Kirk Cousins, you would probably say, really? And uh, that is the story. Kirk Cousins getting efficient, weapons on this team. I know he's gotten knocked for not winning the big one, but you know what? He was an elite quarterback in the second half of the season. And I'll tell you what, Mike Zimmer's got bigger things to worry about. Uh, defensive guru, but uh, that defense has been slipping and sliding the last couple of years, Wiz. Yeah, it really has, and that, that defense that was just horrendous last year probably lent itself uh, to Kirk Cousins putting up some terrific uh, fantasy football performances last year. And uh, while I don't think Kirk Cousins is somebody that anybody I would not recommend to draft as their number one quarterback, but I really like Kirk Cousins to be drafted as a number two quarterback because there are just some great matchups when he has, uh, you know, some, you know, and he just puts up these monster numbers. He has two terrific wide receivers uh, who we'll get to in a few minutes. But I like Kirk Cousins to be drafted. Uh, I think if you have a steady guy as your number one guy and you could draft Kirk Cousins as your number two quarterback, I'm all for that. So I think Kirk Cousins, um, you should draft him with that in mind, not having to rely on him for the whole season. But if you have a situation where you have a steady guy as your number one and you could kind of mix and match and stream Kirk Cousins and keep him on your roster, uh, I think that's a terrific way to go about it in terms of the quarterback position this year in fantasy football. How do you view, uh, view Kirk Cousins this yeah, year? Yeah, you know, I, I, I agree. And actually, I, I'll, I, if – if I'm correct, I know they've made some changes in defense, but they're not enough to tell me that this defense, because that secondary is not good. So I don't know that we're going to see a completely different story on the defensive side of things. You mentioned the great receivers. You know how I feel about the up-and-coming tight end here. Uh, Dalvin Cook has been a special player. I, I could make the case that you know this offense will have to carry the weight on this team. The defense will still drag them down. They'll have to be playing catch-up in a lot of games. And I, I think I can make the argument that Kirk Cousins could perform at a number one quarterback level uh, as he did last year. And I wouldn't mind, you know, in some leagues where you want to don't want to spend money on a quarterback in an auction league or even spend a lot of draft equity in a, in a snake league, uh, I can make the case that Kirk Cousins, if you believe that this defense will be just as poor as it was last year um, and the receiver Receivers continue to do what they how they how they performed the last couple of years. That Kirk Cousins could be a number one quarterback for your fantasy football team. Yeah, I think that of all quarterbacks who are not going to be drafted as quarterback one, I like Kirk Cousins to put up the most performances as a quarterback one. Yeah, I agree. So I, I agree with that, and I think you're getting a lot of value. And uh, if you want to save on the position and, and draft a couple of those guys uh, for, you know, fairly inexpensive and go that route instead of paying up to get uh, a guy that you feel more confident about and just have Kirk Cousins as your clear number two, I don't mind that strategy either. So I think Kirk Cousins should be drafted. And uh, one of these guys that you could get fairly inexpensive – that will put up 
QB one performances uh, a lot during the season. So yeah, and, and when, I mean, when I ask you, do, do you are you surprised when I threw that in uh, that, that that efficiency stat or uh, at you? I know you're a Viking fan, so you're probably not surprised. But next to Drew Brees, number two in the NFL, I, I found that to be very very surprising. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know that stat, and I would have not guessed Kirk Cousins for that for that spot, but. He throws the ball to two wide receivers who do not drop the football. No. Um, Thielen and Jefferson, I think Jefferson only had a few drops all of last season to put up his, his you know, combined with his terrific numbers. So I wouldn't have, not, I wouldn't have guessed Kirk Cousins, but, um, you know, there are going to be a lot of good stats with your quarterback when you have a pair of receivers like Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Um, moving on to the running back, I think it's kind of, clear cut that Dalvin Cook is a top three, top five running back in all formats. And Alexander Madison is one of the best handcuffs. And if you draft Dalvin Cook, you almost have to try and get Alexander Madison because he's more than just a backup. He's a guy that's proven that if he gets in there, he can do something about it. He kind of runs like Dalvin Cook and plays like the physical game that uh, Dalvin Cook plays with. Doesn't have quite the speed that Dalvin Cook has, but he's a very, very good running back in his own right. So Dalvin Cook is a top three to five guy. Alexander Madison is one of the top handcuffs in football. That's how I see it. Do you view it differently? No, I, I don't view it differently. I, you know, I know there's been a, t- a lot of talk about Dalvin Cook's durability, especially early on in his career. The last two seasons, he's played 14 games each. Uh, I think it's imperative if you own him that you have to have Alexander Madison, uh, without a doubt, because, uh, you know, again, you mentioned stylistically how they run, uh, and they're not afraid to use the player as well. So, But Dalvin Cook was just unbelievable last year. 17 total touchdowns, 40 catches, 1,500 yards. He was a beast. Uh, and and I think, you know, you, he, you, you say top three, top five. He absolutely is that. And if he stays on the field, uh, it's, a, it's almost a slam dunk certainty. That's the case, and I would agree that Madison is, you know, one of the top handcuffs out there, without a doubt. Um, I'm not going to say standalone value because uh, I think it's used a little bit differently in this offense, uh, but certainly one of the most elite off- one of the most elite handcuffs in the NFL. Yeah, I don't have anything really to add to that. Uh, the receiving core. Um, This is interesting, you know, when you look at this in terms of fantasy 2021, I see a lot of people that um, have Justin Jefferson ahead of Adam Thielen, even Justin Jefferson approaching wide receiver one status inside the top 12, inside the top 10, and and Adam Thielen as a wide receiver two. And I can understand why people would look at it like that, but I just think both guys... One of them is wide receiver too. Both wide receivers, um, solid, and uh, there's a lot to like about both receivers. Do you see it like uh, like I do, or do you kind of have one? kind of clearly ahead of the other. Uh, yeah, so it's a tricky one for me. So first off, it, when I look at prognostications and people's opinions and things I'm reading, I think almost everyone that I'm reading has Justin Jefferson as a top 10 receiver this year. That uh, seems to be very consensus. Uh, he had an amazing rookie season. I know you were giddy with excitement when the Philadelphia Eagles uh, decided to pass on him and take Jalen Rager. Uh, and instead, Justin Jefferson fall, fell to, to the Vikings. Uh, and he's, he was a great player. He was a great 
great college player. He was a terrific pro player. Uh, he certainly was unbelievable in the second half of the season. Uh, I think when you look at the two receivers, they're very, very different. Uh, 1,400 yards for Jefferson. I think just under 1,000 yards for Thielen, but Thielen was a red zone go-to guy. Do I see that changing up any, any way, shape, or form? No, I don't. You know, Adam Thielen's a little bit of an older player, but he's got complete trust by Kirk Cousins. Uh, and I see it being the same type of production. So uh, I think Thielen... Yeah, Steelers are probably rated too low, if you ask me, because he's kind of like just outside the top 20 in a lot of people's eyes. I don't think that's going to be the case. I can make the argument that Thielen's uh, yardage numbers could easily go up. Uh, but I love both of these receivers. Uh, but definitely Jefferson is the one that's being taken with the most excitement, I think. And I think there's a lot of people that wonder if, if the duplication of that touchdown number that Thielen threw up last year can be replicated in 2021. Yeah, I mean, they run a lot of plays for Thielen when they get it down there in the red zone. <clears throat> He's very clever and, and, and shifty um, and has a knack for getting open. And they, they have very good designs for Thielen when they get down there. I kind of have them a little bit closer together. Yeah. I understand and, 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 you know, the excitement and the wanting to take Jefferson ahead of Thielen. I'm not even saying that shouldn't be the case, but I am thinking it's a little closer to your point than a lot of people um, have them. Um, tight end and by the way, Wiz, last year in terms of fantasy production, Jefferson was six and Thielen was eight. I mean, this was a this yeah. is this is a top ten duo. Um, you know, that, I don't see that. Yeah, again, I, I don't mind Jefferson staying in the top ten. I get that, but I don't know that you should see Adam Thielen move outside of the top twenty. Is my point? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, that's 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 how I that's how I see it as well. And uh, you know, Irv Smith is an interesting player, and he's one of these. I would say group of eight to tight ten tight ends that I think are very interesting and one of these tight ends that maybe isn't viewed as a tight end one, uh, maybe viewed even outside the top 15 at the position, but I think he could put up tight end one stats at the end of the year. Uh, I think he could catch touchdowns and without Rudolph there. Um, it's kind of, he should be on the field for a, a lot more of the snap count than he was last year. So I like a lot of things in, about Irv Smith, and not only you know without Rudolph there, when you have two receivers like Jefferson and Thielen, that middle of the field for an athletic player who runs like a wide receiver, even though he's labeled the tight end in position only, it could open up some opportunities for Irv Smith, who I think is a very, very interesting player coming into the season. He reminds me, Wiz, uh, uh, Irv Smith Jr., that is. Remember the tight end that used to play with the Eagles? Was it Keith Jackson? Yeah. Yeah, that's the player that when I look at the way Keith – Keith Jackson was a very good wide receiver for the Eagles. Uh, a tight end, excuse me. And you know I, I have this kind of affinity for Irv Smith Jr. He, uh, I saw an interview with Clint Kubiak, who, by the way – He's taken over for his dad as the offensive coordinator for the for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Gary Kubiak, that is, has retired, um, and Clint has taken over. But I saw an interview with Clint Kubiak. He talked about um, Irv Smith coming into camp in unbelievable shape. Not that he lost weight, but he's just kind of redefined. He's a super athletic guy. I know you've heard a little bit of chirping about Tyler Conklin chipping in here, uh, much like uh, Kyle Rudolph and stuff, but 
I, I'm not buying it. I, there was a couple of games last year where Irv Smith would just could not be uh, covered by some of these linebackers. I, I think Irv Smith has a c- potential to make a lot of noise at the tight end position this year. I will be putting draft equity in this player without a doubt. I am considering keeping him even at a higher dia- dollar value in a league that I potentially have him as in a roster spot. I, I love Irv Smith Jr. I know they have two great wide receivers, but he will be the third option in this uh, offense in the passing game. And even if the Vikings play with a, a fair amount of 12 personnel, uh, it's clearly that the Irv Smith is going to be running out and, you know, patterns out into the uh, secondary while Gocklin is much better, uh, as a, a much stronger blocker than Irv Smith. So there's a lot, of, a lot to like about Irv Smith uh, coming into this year. Opportunity, talent, and uh, the wide receivers to take a lot of pressure off him and give him a lot of one-on-one opportunities to work against the linebackers and safeties where uh, he is going to put up uh, some strong, strong numbers. Uh, you know, the funny um, thing, Wiz, the, the funny thing is if I, I looked at the measurables of Keith Jackson and uh, Irv Smith Jr., I forgot to mention this, both guys 6'2", both guys 250 pounds. I don't know, when I see when I see Irv Smith running, that's who he reminds me of. And Keith Jackson, by the way, was a great NFL tight end. So I just kind of, I don't know. To me, they look like very similar players. I'm excited about the player. Yeah, there's uh, there, there's, there is a lot to like about the player. I know he's one of your uh, strong considerations in uh, in our keeper league as well. Uh, the Vikings defense <laughs> uh, was horrendous last year. It looked like they at some point had had, had given up. Uh, they were not even making effort plays, arguments with the coach, uh, a lot of disagreements. There's a lot of pandemonium going on. And uh, as far as the Vikings defense goes, I just think it's going to be one of two things. I think they're either going to have a big reversal of form and go back to being a terrific defense, or if it starts going bad for the Vikings and it looks like, um, you know, the, the, the coach is going to be out of a job uh, because you just get the impression that this is kind of a make a you know make a break year uh, that they, he's been with them for a long time and after a while you just think these things run its course. So which camp are you in? A reversal of, a reversal back to being a top ten defense or are the Vikings uh, going to continue to have? poor play and is never going to be out of a job yeah so I mean look they've brought two guys in, in, into this defense Dalvin Tomlinson and they brought Patrick Peterson here we've both talked about Patrick Peterson uh, his best years are behind him uh, I like I love Harrison Smith as a player Pro Bowl guy um, they have some other players in this team like Daniel Hunter uh, you know there was a lot of issues on this defense you know does a guy like Patrick Peterson coming onto this roster kind of help with leadership you know potentially I think it does so top 10 I don't think so I'm going to stay away from that uh could they improve upon them they're going to have to improve like you said we're not going to see Mike Zimmer as a head coach of this team they have to improve maybe the stabilizing again bringing some leadership into this locker room will help some of that immaturity here but I'm not willing to take that chance I'll watch this defense from afar to start I think they'll be on a lot of ways the wires and perhaps they do surprise us to start the season and Kendrick and Barr are two terrific Pro Bowl linebackers as well uh, but yeah I mean it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out if the Vikings offense can get on top of teams and maybe their defense can play better or is it going to be kind of like what we saw last year where the Vikings were in these wild games where 
their offense was scoring a lot of points, but they couldn't stop anybody. So we'll have to see that. Uh, I'm staying away from. Now they <laughs> the moved on from uh, Dan Bailey's gone, right? Finally, said said goodbye uh, to 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 Dan Bailey. Uh, they got Greg Joseph. Uh, used to be with the Titans a few years ago. So um, I'm not sure um, about, you know, ideally you'd like to have a kicker, you know, with a good offense that are kicking indoors. But I'm just not sure of the, you know, of, of, of the kicking situation or the Vikings defense. So I may be taking a pass on both. Yeah. Last year, I mean, you know, I mean, Bailey was terrible. He was just he was just god awful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, and they do like you said they aren't kicking in that old uh, outdoor stadium. This is an indoor stadium. He was god awful. Uh, definitely finished in the NFL. And uh, yeah, I'll be taking a pass on both of those as well uh, for the upcoming season. I will watch that defense. You know, potential streamer type of thing because I do think they have some interesting personnel uh, on that defense. Yeah, I think there could be some matchups, but uh, you know, as you know, like the term I use, the set it and forget a defense. Uh, I think that's passed them by. So if you do draft them, it's kind of kind of be as a mix and match streaming type situation. All right, Wiz, very good as usual. Uh, that wraps up the NFC North as we do uh, division by division, team by team, uh, as we prepare for the opening of the exhibition and preseason as it's coming on fast mid-july here so very good to talk to you about everything uh we'll be talking about the nfc south next uh in the next set of podcasts guru and whiz fantasy football podcast apple soundcloud spotify make sure you're subscribing whiz thank you very much as always yep 